Well, gobble, gobble, everyone, and uh, other Thanksgiving noises. I'm your host, Tristan, and welcome to another thankful episode of Ordinary People, Extraordinary Stories. This week, I got a chance to interview my good friend, Zane Landon. See, Zane is a special person. Not only was he one of the first of the few people that reached out to my show for an episode to be on an episode, but his accomplishments, this, this young man is, has done, are varied and wonderful. I mean, just to name a few, um, he started a positivity and mental health magazine in college to going to the White House for MTV's first ever mental health youth action forum as one of the speakers to he's now currently working with National Geographic. And guys, he is only 25. Now, besides all those wonderful things, when you get to meet this guy, you're going to find that he's this very incredibly empathetic and charismatic person. I had such a wonderful time talking with him, and I really hope you enjoy this guy's episode. And uh, it's off the episode, but we also got like, got into Dead by Daylight, and it, like, again, if there's only so many reasons to love the guy, put one more in on top of it. With that being said, grab that turkey, get some cranberries, and let me truly give you thanks for listening to another episode of Ordinary People, Extraordinary Stories. Yeah, so how was my day? So I got off work, and um, I'm 30, and I just cut off my mom's cell phone plan. Uh, okay, sorry, let me phrase that. I tried to get off my mom's cell phone plan, so it like it was just cheaper to do it with her. Now I just pay her the bill, and that's what was happening, but I was also paying off my phone, because I um, the phone I had before was just damaged, and I, I dropped in the toilet, so... I just essentially need a new phone. This was like two years ago. I got one. I finally paid it off this weekend. And I spent like an hour and 30 at the store on the phone with my mom trying to unenroll me. Or like we needed some stupid code. But the guy said I couldn't get it. And the people kept saying she had to get it. And it's like I, I'm i trying to like describe how I, I like. It was like I was trying to defuse a bomb with my mom, mm-hmm. but like there's also a rabid cat on her back while she's trying to defuse it. It was the most stressful phone call I've ever had. She was screaming. Really? She's just like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm, she kept saying she was dehydrated while she was on the phone. I was like, Mom, go drink water. And she just wasn't. So yeah, that was, that was, my, that was mine. That's, uh, that's what my night was like. Um, it was fun. It was fun stuff. Uh, do anything for you? I mean, I don't know. Did you work today or, you know, what's uh I what's did, up? but since I worked in California right now remotely, I kind of got off at two, which is kind of nice. And I could, I could work. No, I could work till five, but right now it's nice. It's the summer super slow. So like, it's not like a lot of super jam packed. So that's kind of nice. And then just kind of went in the pool. <laughs> 
Man, and you got the pull, man. See, and you're like, I, yes. I didn't do nothing. I was just just swimming and taking work off early. That's yeah. hey, man. I'm I'll tell. I'm peanut butter and jealous for sure. But like, enjoy mm -hmm. it. Like, I mean, well, it's gonna go away. Yeah, I know. When I go back to DC in September, that won't. I, that won't have. That won't be a thing anymore. <laughs> I see. I don't even want to put that evil out in the universe. I just think like you just no. won't be able to maybe take off as much. I think you'll still be. You know, you're gonna have a good time back in DC. Right. Oh, I will. Just it won't be pool every day though. Like I'm, like I'm liking so far. Dude, there's just something about chlorine, man. I, cause I'm a California kid, and like it's just, it's all the nostalgia and the chemicals. Mm -hmm. And I was a dummy when I was a child. I would always like drown and swallow water, and it, yeah, it just was not. I think that's kind of what explains my weirdness. Is I just drink a lot of chlorinated water. Okay, the chlorine. <laughs> <laughs> well. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Ordinary People Extraordinary Stories. I am your chlorinated host, Tristan, uh, the host, and I have with me a very fun new guest. His name is Zane. Is it Landon? Mm -hmm. Or Okay, right the first time. Let's go. <laughs> Zane Landon. He is a remarkable individual. I, of course, you already know where I found him on the same website. I found all my other guests. I, uh, <laughs> How long have you been using Podmatch? Oh, probably since like December. Not too long. For sure. No, I, th I think it's for me now it's becoming like at least a month or two, but just crazy. Like just it's pretty much almost exclusively where I get my guests now. And uh, yeah. I get the craziest people too. And I mean, you were one of the, the people who actually messaged me first. Mm. I, uh, I'm always just kind of curious. I mean, um, was there something about the podcast that you just kind of like gravitated or you kind of liked about my little description? Well, we got matched for one. So I was first exposed to the match. Uh, I just like the idea of like telling stories of the regular everyday people that are making a difference. And I think that regular everyday people don't get enough credit for the work that they do. And I think some people get too much credit when there are real people doing work that really impacts people in communities. And I think that should be a little bit more celebrated. Damn, Zane. Shit, you want have my pocket? That that was a way better description than anything I could say. That was that was beautiful. No, but but that's exactly the case. And funny enough, you are not an ordinary person. You are a very accomplished individual, and I'm just so much. I mean, okay, well, first off, like oh, my man here has a magazine called Positive Vibes. He has been at the Mental Health Youth Action Forum in Washington D.C., where he literally met President Biden, Selena <laughs> Gomez. Uh, Dr. Murthy, I don't know if I know that. And was Dr. Biden like his wife? Yes. Joe Biden. Okay, yeah. So, but the fact is that he went to the dang like he has a selfie with the president. Like I, whatever you feel about Biden, like it doesn't matter. Like he got a selfie with a president. Like it's just yeah. like social credit score. Just it's going to the moon, dude. Yeah. And the fact I is, appreciate that. <laughs> can, I, can I tell him where you work? Is that okay? Or I don't want to. Yeah. You, oh, of course you can. Um. And yeah. Works national geographic like guys he is the dude is killing it and you're only 25 right yeah yes i mean it remarkable i mean again you are not an ordinary person you you do have an extraordinary story i mean i just the fact that you've done so much at such a young age and i mean you like, like i told you great trajectory i no doubt in my mind you're going to keep killing it or at least i pray and i hope you're going to keep killing it <laughs> But I am just kind of curious. So I mean, like, how, like, how, how did Zane start though? I mean, was was were you always or kind of always found this like success, or was like I don't want to say life was easy, but did you ever find that you were maybe always equipped to take care of the problems you had in your life? 
no, not really. Growing up, I, you know, what's interesting is, you know, you say, you know, I have an extraordinary story. I think everybody does. But my my backstory is ordinary. You know, I think a lot of people's are. I mean, many people come from a cherished life. I came from like lower middle class suburbs um, and not like rich suburbs. Like this is kind of like urban suburbs. Regular so, old suburbs. Yeah. I know there's like there's like a mix of like some people look at the suburbs, like the rich suburbs and there's not the not rich suburbs. And so um, I kind of understood what it was like just to see my family struggle for money. And it was always hard to see. And I always, you know, felt compelled to help. And so like even university, I, I worked to help and I applied for so many scholarships for that reason because my parents helped with my tuition, but I wanted to give back to them for everything that they did. And I grew up with, you know, one sister, it's basically the nuclear family. Um, me and my, my mom, my dad and my sister, that was us. And we had one cat. Now we have five, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's kind of an ordinary backstory, but no, I did not have all the tools equipped to deal with everything that I experienced. I just think that I've had to learn to kind of experience what life has thrown at me. And luckily my mom taught me as much as she could about kind of always persevering through whatever difficulty you're going through, right. always moving forward with kindness. Um, because in, in my opinion, it doesn't matter how you react. It doesn't matter how you, how you, how you come out of situations. Some people are going to thrive from them. Some people are not going to. And I think that's fine. As long as you are always kind to people and yourself. And it's the only thing that matters. And yeah, that's it. I And I, I think it's also like, I don't know, at least as far as I've been kind to people, it really pays, it pays it forward. Like karma always gets you cash out. Granted, some people can take advantage of that kindness. Oh, yeah. Sometimes people get really, like a better word, screwed over because of their kindness. But I mean, it. It is, I will say, it, it's something you should strive for, I agree, but I can also totally see how difficult it can be if, again, you've been, like, you, someone's ruined the whole kindness identity from you. It's like, I can't be kind, because then I get taken advantage of, and now I have to, again, I, I go into survivor mode, because, again, I was trying to be kind to people, and they abuse that, and the trust, and, uh, well, darkness aside, um, I was just kind of uh, curious. I mean, like, so was, I guess I'm, were you like a straight A student? Were you like a troublemaker? Were you a gamer? Like, how was high school for you? Or just school in general? School was okay. And because, you know, part of my identity is being neurodiverse. And I have, like, a lot of attention issues growing up. And so school was pretty difficult. Like, my mom definitely helped me a lot with figuring out school and everything. And that was always so difficult. And because school is not necessarily the most accessible for every learner, especially for neurodiverse learners, that it was difficult. And I was on a 504 plan to help with my tension issues and disabilities. So no, there was actually... You mind if I um ask that about that? So when you say uh, a neurodiverse, like would you mind elaborating on that for maybe people who don't know the term? Neurodiverse is something that is not neurotypical. And so neurotypical is kind of like just someone that doesn't have like a mental health condition or a learning disorder or attention issues. So anyone that, again, has a learning disorder, anyone that's on the spectrum that has autism, um, anyone that has like, yeah, those are basically it. Um, some people consider mental health part of it. I, I do. Okay. Um, and, but people who have like, you know, learning disorders like dyscalculia or dyslexia or attention issues, all that is uh, neurodiverse. So it means it's not neurotypical because neurotypical would be, you don't have that. Because that's like the, the typical norm, even though a lot of people do have it. It's just been deemed as typical. Right. 
Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's what that is. And you didn't have that. So I guess, how are you as far as like diverse compared to like the uh, divergent, like I, you said attention issues, did you have ADHD or what was your, I guess, I'm sorry if this is too personal, but I, did you have diagnoses as, as a kid? No, but they, they just said I had a, a, like, they really said I just had extreme attention issues. And so I couldn't really s- I had trouble like staying still in the classroom. I needed extra support. I needed, I had less homework given to me mm. just to help me kind of get by. And even still, I felt really behind at times. And I really didn't feel intelligent. Even like in That's middle school. Hard. Yeah. Even in middle school, that was in high school. In, in elementary school is when I had the 504, when I was getting support, direct support like that. But then when I was in middle school, I didn't really have that. I remember like just doing really terrible on a test, um, like really bad, like getting like eight out of 50 correct. <laughs> um <laughs> And I was doing okay. I was getting B's and C's. And afterward, I was like, well, I felt bad because, you know, my mom was disappointed. And then I just thought, like, you know, what if I actually took the time to study? It's a fairly weird phenomenon, I know. But (laughs) I've actually, like, learned. Who studies? I've actually met many people that have said that, where they're like, hey, what if I actually just took the time to just sit down and study and then you're like it's a it, you can have a complete turnaround because you're actually learning the material so the next test i almost got a hundred percent and then after that i got really serious about school not like serious so i was thinking about college and middle school because i know that some people are like geared to do that but no yeah. i was just more serious about it i enjoyed it more even though it was still difficult then in high school i just that in high school i basically got straight a's i got one b um but i basically hey, got straight a's, go. basically got straight a's in high school and it wasn't about me being um you know super intelligent or anything it was just about you know you just put in the work and put in the time and effort and you study and then that's that's what helped and of course because of my attention issues I had to I feel like I had to put in double the work so it was a lot it felt a lot more strenuous than I could see compared to some of my other peers but that's just my observation because I I don't know how hard it was for them they didn't say and I I don't know how they're feeling so who knows just like bro I just know the marathon I had to write just to study for this damn test I mean yeah right did you uh (laughs) did you have medication all or did you just brute force it Brute force it. I did not have man. I never had vacation for attention. You, so. oh my goodness, just applaud because I, uh, so I have an ADHD diagnosis, but I didn't get diagnosed until as an adult, and then huh. I also never had medication. So me as well. Like school was, you, yeah, you really had to just kind of buckle down and be like, okay, I, I'm gonna have to read this thing now, even though my brain doesn't want to, and I'm distracted and like want to do literally anything else. But it was harder for us. But man, we, I think we, we grew way better because of it and that's that's actually like a very common thing that i've realized that so many people that are neurodiverse get diagnosed way later and i think because schools just aren't equipped to support shit kids i know that there's again 504 plans there's ieps but those are separate programs right and i don't think universally the classroom is ready to support all different types of learners and i I think that's unfortunate i hope that changes soon and that's why when you look at the school system and you look at someone who's neurodiverse, the blame is on them. It's mm-hmm. never on the school system or how the school system can be better accommodating. It's, well, you're just the bad student and you're the one that needs to work harder and needs to do better. You're just and not applying I, I'm yourself. sure you have, yeah, I'm, that's exactly it. And I feel like it's sad that the blame is put on you when you already are probably internalizing why you're struggling. And then that is another layer onto you. And it's like, well, there's just something really wrong with you. Right. Um, and it kind of like, it kind of screws with your head. Um, you know, how you fit in with school. And and you also like, if you're applying to university, like you're going to definitely feel like out of place. It's like, am I, am I really set for this kind of learning environment? And unfortunately, you know, every classroom is different, but even university has its fair share of problems yeah. when it comes to like universal learning. 
Well, I mean, that's actually a good segue into it, though. So, okay, so you graduated high school, you yep. kicked ass and took names with A's and B's, and then I, because you, you're a California kid, too, right? Yeah. You grew up in, what was the, like, I think it was, like, Cord- Cordena or Cordova? Or... No, I, I I went to school in Pomona, and I um, lived near Chino. Okay, Chino, sorry. That's, I was a C word. I, I um, <laughs> Sacramento is where I grew up, but... um. So what, what college did you end up going to? And then what was your, like, degree? I mean, did you have extracurriculars where you were kind of leaning toward, or? I went to Cal Poly Pomona. Um, Cal, yeah, Cal Poly Pomona, and that is really close to where I live. Mm. So that was a that was a nice luxury that it was around, like, 20 minutes from where I li- lived, and that is kind of the precise reason of why I decided to go there, and because it was inexpensive, which is why I know that, unfortunately, some people have student debt, and that's just kind of that's going to be bound to happen if you're going to be in that situation. But I know people that will take out a lot of student loans just to go to like a, a, a state school or to go to a private school. To me, it's not worth it. Um, I think that it all depends on how you apply yourself and what you get involved in and who you connect with. Mm-hmm. And this this school has I don't think it has anything to do with your success at all. I know some people might look at oh, well, I, I got to go to Harvard to work for Wall Street Journal. I'm sure there's very good connections at Harvard for for some careers like that. Right. I think that, you know, it's all about how you apply for yourself. And as you asked about extracurriculars, yeah, because my campus or alma mater was like a commuter school. Sometimes it was kind of hard to make friends and fit in. And I didn't live on campus, so I missed that aspect of university life. But I got involved in so many things. I think extracurricular activities were what kind of gave me meaning in university because if i was just going to classes and doing nothing else i would become incredibly depressed i probably would have lost purpose i wouldn't say i dropped out no but i wouldn't have been fulfilled as much as i have if i didn't have that community of the extracurriculars i was involved in and i got involved in a lot of different things like the different councils student government i had a different job every year from for every like for every different like different sections of the university I was at one point, and that's insane. Like that, you you juggled that much. Yeah, I was at one point president of the PR society, the communication honors society, and that kind of goes what you just asked. So my degree was in communication. I came in with a different major, took a long time, like four years <laughs> when you're supposed to graduate. But you know, going to my fourth year, I learned that I was actually passionate about storytelling, communication, and writing, and it was time for me to make the switch because for the longest time. I would just swim through different majors and not really won't not really be able to navigate what my purpose was. And I had right. a mentor who taught me about communications and how it's an actual career path <laughs> and you can actually do something with it. And every job, every organization needs communications folks. So I, there's never like a decline in communication jobs. I hope not. I don't think that chat GP or AI is going to take away writing because there's a, I still think there's some authentic writing that you need that I don't think AI is ever going to replace. Until, exactly, and until, like, we stop communicating human to human, we're always going to need that kind of communication, like, 100%, though. Granted, our job titles might change. We might have to take on a couple extra more hats to do the job that we want. And I'm only saying we because uh, I, too, um, I'm a college dropout, but uh, my goal was the communication degree. And, man, I, oh, shoot, I just... Talking to so many people who've got that degree now, like there are a lot of jobs for it. And I'm just like, damn, man, like, oof, because it, like you said, everyone's always going to need to communicate to somebody. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, I mean, even, even this, you know. 
But, I know like a lot of people like challenge that and go, well, <laughs> I hear and I, I find it pretty humorous where people ask like, well, you know, communication is a useless major. Like we all know how to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know how to communicate. Right. Well, I'm going to be honest. Like Give me a three minute spe speech, bitch. Like, here you go. Like what? Right. Like, uh, 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 yeah, sit down, nerd. Come on. <laughs> Not even, like, just a, a speech, because, like, there are many communicators that, like, actually don't really like public speaking, but they like the writing part. But, like, yeah, not everyone can communicate well, and I think the, you have to be, like, really mindful of, like, the different platforms, messages, and audiences that you are going to be communicating to. Exactly. And it's just, it's very complicated. It's not as simple as I think some people make it. It's not a useless major you can do actually a lot with it. And that I think that's what I think some people might view as useless. They'll be like, since it's so broad, it feels useless. That doesn't mm -hmm. feel like there's a focus. Because communication, what? That could be anything. Public speaking, writing, researching. It could be a lot. So I think some people might look at that as useless because it's not really a specific like focus. But I think that actually gives you somewhat an advantage because you're not pigeonholing yourself and you're opening yourself up to a lot more possibilities. And it's kind of for up, it's up for you to decide. And I don't think it'll be held back by your major or anything like that because it's it's so broad so i i do appreciate that about it i mean and to be quite frank obviously i think the degree opens some doors up for you because i mean so i mean let's even just get into the whole can you like lead me up to the white house moment like how did that even happen and like the please tell me how i guess you became a you've been on tv you've been on the mm -hmm. news you uh would you just call yourself a mental health advocate or are you like a way longer title? Cause you probably have way more than just that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when it comes to advocacy, I really consider myself like a mental health advocate, disability rights advocate. Uh, I really advocate for making sure that people feel comfortable and welcomed in the workplace. So I do a lot of DEIA work, which is diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. Just making sure that, Everyone from every walk of life is going to feel welcomed and supported in the workplace where they can bring their entire selves to work, whatever that is. I, I really don't care. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, it can't obviously be inappropriate, but, you know, if it's your identity or your race or your gender, whatever it is. I mean, if you're if you're a guy or you're certain politics, whatever it is, I'm always welcoming. And that's not the, that's not to say for all DEI, because I've been around a lot of DEI advocates that don't do that. And I don't mm. think they do it right. And it's about making sure that everyone feels welcome in the workplace as much as you can. And I try my best to always be inclusive and to be mindful of like everyone's point of views and that not everyone's going to think the same. Everyone's going to think differently. And there's something called like creating a brave space where you hold each other accountable, but you also are like understanding where each other's coming from and not one opinion is better or right than the other. I like that. A brave space, because that's essentially what you're trying to do is like be brave enough to speak up, but also be brave enough to be like, hey, though, we can work on this together. We can do the hard thing and be better yeah. rather than just be like, now, like that Tiffany said, da -da 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 -da, you know, like that. Well, but so how did you essentially get to join? that White House essentially mental health rally? I mean, like, were you chosen from school? Did you sign up in a program? How did that? Happen? Yeah, I mean, for well, for mental health, I have experienced that since I was a kid. Since I was young, I always had, like, high levels of anger and anxiety and depression, those specifically. And it was definitely very present <laughs> in how I kind of operated as a kid. I was very, I was really sensitive. I got really upset by things really easily. And luckily, my family knew about the mental health world and that you know therapy exists and that it's a resource that there should be no shame in seeking 
And I know a lot of families don't agree with that. There are a lot of families that think there's something wrong with you if you're going to get mental health support and professional it's weird. help. It's like, bro, it's 2023. Like, everyone's getting therapy. Like, come on, man. What I find funny is, like, I say that, too. Like, it's 2023, but I'm like, I don't know if that means anything. Because, like, there's still some people that still have, you know, pretty rigid opinions about certain things. And they're really not up with the times. And I get it. Like, if you really don't believe in getting professional mental health care, then don't get it. But I think it's sad when you impede your your kid because you don't think it's right for them when it might help them. I don't know. It's like to me, it's like just be open minded. You know, maybe you don't believe in it, but maybe maybe see if it can help your kid and really be open to all those possibilities. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, the same thing. The whole thing is just like, again, what if this is the one thing? This was the your missing puzzle piece that would have had you maybe not have to work so hard at school. Mm-hmm. Maybe not have to have it take so emotionally difficult when you mess up on a test. But no, you're going to say, hey, get the test right. I'm going to beat your ass and think that's going to work because that's how you were raised. It's it's all about breaking the cycle. And I feel like that's why I said like it's 2023 because I feel like at least a lot of people, especially with COVID, broke the cycle or trying to at least in wrestling. Oh, hey, yeah. I can't just brute force this anymore. I can't brute force yeah. a job, mental health, that stuff. I mean, so because I want to timeline it, though. When so when did you end up graduating college? I ended up graduating recently, like of May of 2022. So last okay. May I graduated. So <laughs> pretty recently, and I started the job at National Geographic Society in November. And so it is pretty recent. That's my first entry level job, you know, like actually postgraduate full time role. This first uh, job, like you gotta like I mean, you gotta dab a little bit on that though. That's that's like bro, <laughs> that's 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 a little brag worthy. Like you can kind of drop in, like you're drinking a little glass of champagne and be like, I'm working on some geography. Like, well, I don't, I don't shy away. I'm telling people that, um, you know, I don't, I don't believe. Cause I know some people go, well, you're, you know, um, you're pretty lucky. You're kind of lucky to be at that kind of job. I'm like, I'm not lucky. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I, I question when people say stuff like that. Cause I don't think that luck had anything to do with it. I think it had to do with, you know, I'm not going to say like I worked harder than others. I mean, yes, I have for some, um, but you know, everyone <laughs> works hard, but it's about, it's about not, it's not, also not sometimes about working hard. It's about talking to the right people. And I'm not going to say I knew anyone at NatGeo or National Geographic Society because I didn't, I didn't have anyone. I I never came that I had a referral or anyone knew me. I just wow. had mentors that questioned me on how to ask the right questions. And so, so I had a, I had a mentor who, yeah, I, I had a mentor I got matched up with through this organization. He's a C-suite level. And I knew that he challenged me. Like I knew that every time we talk, he would give me like the most challenging questions to think about as I was going through the job process. <laughs> and I remember when I got the interview and I was talking to like m- almost the high up and I, I emailed him. I'm like, I asked like, can we please set up a session right now? Like I really need to talk to you because <laughs> I have this interview like in three days and I have no idea what they're going to ask. And you have, you're going to have a firm grasp of what they're going to ask me. And so we went through like a whole hour session. He like was available the day after I emailed him. And so oh my goodness. again, it's about having the right people in your network. What, what, what's sure his name? Always... Do you still talk to him? I do. Yeah. He works at um, Thriving. His name is Jay Verner. Jay he... Verner, shout out. Woo. Yeah. He's amazing. He's a great mentor. He's a senior level communications person. And um, like I said, he challenges me in the right way. And I think that's good too. Like when you're looking for mentors, have like specific purposes for each mentor mm. like i have different mentors for different things now and, I, and what's interesting is like some of the mentors have started off as mentorships now they're like somewhat more friends 
but like I can always still go to them for any professional questions I do have. Right. And like, yeah, there's one I have that like, we'll talk about marketing and accessibility or disability. And with Jay, like he's going to talk to me about how you can actually advance yourself. And the, these are the questions you need to be asking and thinking about. So you, you appear smarter and you are thinking of strategy rather than just getting the job done. Um, so there's a lot of things. And I have a mentor specifically for internal communications, which is actually my job title. So it's, again, not about working so much harder. It's also about just connecting with the right people that are going to help you move forward. And don't ever think of them like that, though. Don't ever think that I need to connect with this person so they can move me forward. No, no, no. More like connect with this person to actually connect with them. And you both simultaneously provide support for each other. And maybe you have conversations where like that didn't go anywhere. It will. It will go somewhere. Even if it doesn't feel like it now, you're going to need that person's support one day. And when you have it, it's it's it changes everything. I mean, when you were in that mentorship program, I mean, did you have days like that? You were like, bro, are we even doing anything? Like, is this even helpful? Yeah, sometimes we'll, and I always enjoyed them, but like sometimes we would have conversations where I was like, I don't know if I'm getting a lot from this. I don't know if, and not from like that specific one, because I've been in several mentorship programs um, and the ones that I've continued, obviously like I got a lot from them because I wanted to continue the relationship. But I've had mentors where like I will reach out here and there, but like it's not really a connection I, I fostered afterward as much because I didn't mm-hmm. really get much from it. But, but every mentor I do gain something from, but like the ones that continue the relationship, like I really really like see the value in what they have to share and they help me a lot but yeah no there are sometimes means where i'm like we didn't really talk about much like we kind of just talk about personal stuff like not really work stuff but to me it's like that's part of it just kind of go with the flow and if that's the case then make sure your next session you set the intention of let's talk business this time around let's do a short personal talk and then let's go straight into business then if that's what you think and like i said don't be afraid to like be a vocal about your opinion if that's the case like hey let's talk about something else this time or even just, you know, even if it doesn't feel like an appropriate question, like I'm really having difficulty with this at work and it's like drama or it's like, I don't know how to ask for accommodations, whatever it is. I mean, you yeah. know, ask for whatever they're there to support you. So I'm always a big advocate for like find a mentor and it's it's not easy. Like, of course, it's hard to find a mentor because like a lot of mentors I have, I was able to connect with them through programs where I was matched with them. Right. But it's difficult when you have to like cat call, cat call. You basically call. you're like, hey, hey, sweetheart, you want to mentor me? You want to you want to train me up and make me a better person? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah, not cat call, but cold call, and you don't want to do that. But you kind of get in with that kind of mentality, like, hey, I would love to have a conversation with you. I think you have a great, amazing job title, and I would love to learn from you. Um, it doesn't mean so, it's going to turn into a mentorship. But it might just be a conversation you have with someone, and again, that that's value. True. And it's true. And I mean, I just to kind of go back to what you're saying, though, I mean, like, first off, the everyone's saying communications is a dumb degree. I mean, again, literally the mentor and that degree taught you again, everyone else is working harder. You're working smarter, asking the right questions. And it makes sense. It's like, hey, ask or answer these questions to them, because, again, it shows that you have foresight that you're like, bro, you're thinking ahead like, oh, my God, this guy's way ahead of everybody else. Like, he's not a worker bee. He's not just like, you know, just someone like, hey, you do this dumb, mindless task. Like, oh, this kid can be responsible and like, he's got a brain. Let's use it. And the, yeah, I I'll, I mean, I'll <laughs> say this. If anything, I like after this episode, like hook me up with that mentor stuff program. Because like, bro, man, I, I feel bad. Like I, I'm kind of like a little older, but I mean, like I totally crap. Could I use one? Absolutely. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm tired of working base level stuff or like I, I'm not a worker bee. I'm 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 better than this. 
Mm-hmm. And, nothing, and like you said, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that um, at all. And it's okay, though. Don't feel bad. Because, like, there was, you know, like, two or three years ago, I, I didn't have a single mentor. And I kind of panicked in, a bit because I was like, I don't have any mentors. And when I graduate, how am I going to find a job? And so <laughs> I ended up going, I ended up getting a lot of mentors because there's so many programs, so many. I think just sometimes people don't know where to look yeah. or they just aren't looking for it. They're not thinking, I need to find a mentor, but how do I do that? Well, find a mentorship program. There's, there's, there's quite a bit. There really is. And you just have to find them. Well, so the program you went to, I have to ask, did you pay for this service or did you have to pay for any sessions? No, that was completely free. Um, almost all the mentorships I have had are all free. There was one that I consulted with recently who's a big communications person and their mentorship was paid for. So I'm not interested because it was really expensive. Mm-hmm. No, um, because it's that's to me, that's not mentorship. That's more of executive coaching, which I'm not interested in right now. I will be though, because I have another mentor <laughs> who yeah, yeah. has an executive coach, and she's like, "You definitely should get one in the future when you start, when you're ready to make the move from like entry level to mid, or like mid to like director level, whatever it is." Like making disgusting amounts of money. Not even something I ever even thought of. Not even something I thought about. But no, when it comes to that, I definitely would want to pay an executive coach, and that is like that's different from a mentorship. I think mentorship is like providing value and providing support. Executive coach is like challenging you on the things that you need to do and like kind of holding you accountable to what you need to do to get to that next level. Exactly. Mentor is more like open the door for me. Executive coach is like, bro, I've, this is like, I've done the beginner course. Like, let's go do the advanced stuff. Yeah. 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 I gave me better, which I mean, man, and that's gotta be exciting, man. I mean, to even think about getting to that next level, like, again, like you ever think about just getting disgustingly rich, like not don't destroy the planet, but you could because you're that rich. Uh, <laughs> you're like yeah. just drinking my ties for everything, and you're just like, man, this is great. Like I just, there's it just, it's it's wonderful. It's. I don't I, think I, I would ever get disgustingly rich, but I wish. <laughs> I know that, like, I feel like there's like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people kind of like hold on, hold this position that like they don't need a lot of money and they just want to be stable. Uh, I'm over that. I I don't need to look a certain way. No. Like if you're going to ask me like what I like to be rich. Yeah. Why would I say no to that? Like, why would I not want to be rich as long as I do it the right way? And like you said, don't destroy the planet or throw people under the bus or, you know, do whatever that, you know, child slaves. Yeah, no. Yeah. And you've got terrible stuff that people have done to get rich. You know, if you do it the right way and you, work hard and work smart and, you know, contribute to your community. And I think that's great. And again, in my opinion, if you have more money, you have more generosity to give, you have more love to give. You also, I think you're going to have a lot more stability in your life to give. Um, because I think the more money you have, the more stable you are. Exactly. And also like, like- if I, I know some people want stability. I don't want stability. I want to be as stable as possible, more stable. What I mean is like, some people go, I want to be stable. I want like a certain amount of money to be stable. No, 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 I don't. I don't want to be stable. Um, I want to, how do I say it? It's like, I want enough money where stability would not like crash from a like a car accident or something. So I think like if you're, if you're stable and you're at that place, one car crash or one medical bill or some disaster can bring you down so much. But then that's not technically stable that you want to be to the point where you're comfortable and stable where, but are you, are you also mentioning as far as like, you want to get to the point where it's like, again, 
with stability almost kind of comes across a stagnation where it's like you want to be able to make the amount of money where not only again you have the power to do things but you also want to do the change and again you can make things happen instead of just being hey i'm making just enough to not get my car taken away you know that kind of stuff oh exactly no i i would i want to be comfortable and for people to me that say that they just want stability i think that they need to think about it better because i don't think we really want just stability i think we want comfort i don't know many people that would just want stability i think that they just say that <laughs> i think honestly i think people just want like the ability to make choices yeah, yeah right that's it they just want to be able to make it without being like oh i have to do these things because rent i have to do these things because i need to eat it's like again not, not to get all political and like capitalism bad but it just does kind of suck because again it's just like this whole work thing where it's like okay now get to a point where you can work to live or some people are lucky and they break the system and they get to live to work and they actually get to enjoy their lives and they got to like enjoy it and again it's like that's that's the goal man i mean i definitely i would love to do this more more free time or just like keep interviewing and meeting these ordinary people you know because i want to not as just a hobby but get paid it's that's i mean that's the goal that's the dream man yeah no it's great i um i want to bring it back to the college though because you had positive vibes magazine which i don't yeah. think we even really touched on that no <laughs> how did that start and how did that kind of happen and then eventually like i mentioned i want to get to the white house how did that event happen like how did you get there yeah well it's good you're going to ask this first because i think the magazine helped me get there okay. i'll explain why and so what um in may of 20 sorry in uh spring of 2020 when covid first happened i was still in school of course because i just graduated in 2022 and I was taking a copy editing class, copywriting, and the final project, we had to create our own publication. And so I decided to create a digital platform on mental health storytelling because I was, I saw that there was like a golden opportunity for the mainstream media to talk about mental health in a positive light. And of course it didn't, um, unfortunately, but I'm not really surprised at all. I mean, that was that was my inspiration you can't, for make, you can't make money off happy feelings bro it's no. fear dude fear is all the way man i mean i don't know if there really was like a positive news network i really do think people would tune in i think they would <laughs> you, you know i <laughs> i think so as well man i'm sorry about that but yeah no i think we can only hope man we can hope <laughs> because it like it'll start that way and then coca-cola will buy it and then it'll go right back to regular <laughs> news so just be like yep this entire scary epidemic is brought to you by McDonald's. Like, I love it. Yeah, I mean, John Krasinski tried to start the positive news during the pandemic or the happy news. And, Did you he? know, unfortunately, he decided to not continue it. And I thought that was a shame. Like he he had something that I think people really needed. And I think if he kept going, it could have turned into something like tangible, like something on TV that really could have been profitable and really like just like a healing for some people that really needed some sort of positivity during the pandemic and that's kind of the the inspiration behind positive vibes was about it's your telling. magazine like what you made yeah. for the class yep and so i made it for the class and then i was like let's just i'm gonna pursue it on my own with my friend's help michelle and we actually you know we started just like you know social media and a website and then we ended up just interviewing different people with just wide wide range of experiences with you know 
diverse backgrounds and just kind of kind of like what you're doing um and you know a lot of different shows are just highlighting the human experience and what that looks like and i bet it's great you probably because it's it's nasty it's nasty it's ugly it's blessed it's miracles it's so many things like it can be so many different things and it's great to hear when someone feels empowered to like share the raw truth of what they've experienced and do it in a way where they feel encouraged to um not not feeling like an outsider in the room because i feel like sometimes in these in these places where vulnerability is not encouraged there is always that person that is vulnerable though and i I hate that like they're the outlier in some of these spaces that like they're the vulnerable one they're the ones crying i'm like well we should all be trying to be vulnerable as much as we can i think so i know some people can't be vulnerable and i know for some people it is hard to be vulnerable like it's not easy at all you know, there's different levels. I mean, that's why it's called being vulnerable. You're like, bro, you're opening up the vital part where it's like, bro, like, please don't stab me here because I very much will die and cry a lot. Like, yeah. So you have to like, you know, of course, open it slowly. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's why. That's, that's why secret. I say like, when it comes to being vulnerable, it's like, I get that some people want, you know, there to be more vulnerability and more openness. You just have to be patient with people, you know, especially with what they've gone through. You know, maybe they have been vulnerable, and just like you said at the beginning, they were vulnerable and kind, and you know. Taken advantage of and that give me that yeah i feel like i have been kind of taken advantage of for my kindness many times and it's an unfortunate thing but that's just kind of how it is um but it's like made me more aware of who i need to need to associate myself with and who i need to be around and who i think i should be around it's given me more awareness of what people's intentions are and that is why um, what I find interesting is like when some people do mention they're a nice person, <laughs> I see nothing wrong with that. Because I know some people go, some people will comment or like give them backlash and say, well, if you're such a nice person, you don't have to mention it. Actually, that's I, I find that completely untrue at all. Mm-hmm. I think if you I don't like I know some people go, oh, you don't need to mention it if you're nice. Just be nice. You don't need to mention it. No, you do. You need to mention it because if someone's going to take advantage of you, you need to remind them of how nice you've been. You need to remind them of how much of a kind person you've been and what they're doing. Or you could just ignore them and move on. But to me, it's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with reminding people that I'm a good person. I don't deserve this. I've never treated anyone like that. And why should you treat me like that? You know, so I, I, I don't I disagree. I think that, you know, you need to remind people of sometimes how kind you are if it gets to That's that point where, you know. It's, it's like fighting for yourself. It's like, again, it's like taking ownership. It's like, hey, no, like, I don't deserve this. Like, yeah, like you said, it, it's that, it, it goes, I guess, back to mental health and more just like that kind of self-care. It's just mm-hmm. like, okay, am I doing well? Am I not doing well? But again, that whole like, okay, well, whether I'm doing well or not, I deserve these things. Mm-hmm. I deserve, especially if I am a good person. You're right, exactly. If you're an asshole and you say you're an asshole, well, all right, that's fine. But I mean, but if you're legitimately being a good person, it actually is kind of nice to acknowledge it out loud. Be like, I am. Yeah. Screw that guy. That guy sucks. Yeah. I'm awesome. Like, you know, it. I'm sorry. I'm, and I will say, you speak very beautifully, by the way. Oh, like, thanks. like, like, I, because I'm like, he listening to you, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it's, dude, get you behind a podium, get you as a politician. I'm like, heck yeah, dude. Let's get uh, schools more money let's get make <laughs> stuff more inclusive let's let's make this stuff happen though it's i i you're very passionate and that's again oh. that's more of a reason why i was like like yeah. dude we gotta do this cast thank you yeah and i love i mean i do love public speaking and i actually like dabbled into creative writing because i'm gonna veer off a little bit here but going into communication was different because there's a lot of writing involved and growing up i hated writing um mostly because it was just difficult trying to connect the dots and trying to create 
sentences that that flowed well I couldn't do like in middle school I was so terrible at writing mm. my mom was actually like so concerned she's like I'm so concerned that you're not gonna be able to write when you <laughs> when you graduate uh, middle school and high school and like that's concerning because you need to know how to write eventually it just clicked and I think what happened was eventually I got it where I was like I was okay at it I practiced it and then my senior year of high school I dabbled into poetry which was a game changer, mm. mostly because with poetry, it was kind of like I could write however the heck I wanted. Like kind of like what you said, like taking agency and power back to, into something that you want to do instead mm. of like, you have to write this way. This is the way you have to write in, in high school, the Jane Schaefer method, all that stuff. And so I just point poetry. of poetry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, and then that's when the... I poetry. I could do whatever I want. I could compare whatever I wanted. And so things made sense. And then actually when I, when I looked, I was like, hey, actually, this doesn't make sense. But at least I embraced it and I can actually think of a better way now instead of it being it needs to be the way it's supposed to be. So that helped me a lot. Um, and I, I wrote every single day for like a year and like Incredible. in a journal. Even when I heard someone say a word that I really liked, I wrote it down because I was like and it wasn't even like the meaning of the word. I was like, this word just sounds nice. <laughs> and like word? I was I was interested in like how some words sounded. And that's kind of poetry. It is because like poetry is not just the word. It's like how the words sound together um and so Poetry that was that was great art. it's it's a word art man you it's, it's it can be again like an idea it can be a stanza it uh do you remember the word that you were just gigging about that you were just really pumped for do you remember that word at all not the not the single word because i definitely wrote down like a couple um but or not a couple I, I wrote down a lot but like even even like the term like lingerie i was like that lingerie. sounds so pretty i don't lingerie. know how the heck i'm gonna use that in a poem but maybe it's kind of like worth looking into other words in the English language that have that sound or have like a French background or origination, see what other sound, whatever words sound really pretty. Maybe that, maybe I can find a word that actually applies more to what I'm writing than that. But yeah. Look at you go. It's, it's that. And, and that's where, that's where it gets, it gets difficult because you say neurodivergent, it's like, okay, well, here's the standard. Here's the quote unquote normal. And, as we're kind of discussing is there really a divergent when everyone maybe has some form of again i don't want to say learning disability but i mean like they learn differently they think differently like you show them a puzzle and they know what to do with it blah 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 but then again you give a pen and paper to a kid and he's writing poetry or it's uh even how your brain's working like again mm-hmm. you were fascinated by the word lingerie and you went down a rabbit hole where you're like okay now i want to know <laughs> how it it started how it meant that we're in fresh history like dude that's that's a superpower to kind of go into something and just be okay here's one thing i'm just gonna rabbit hole right straight down into it though and that's it's like it's unfortunate or it's like can we get to a point where it's like make it empowering while not like i'm trying i want to word this carefully because this is a very hard question like the kind of topic about labels like, mm-hmm. I'm this, this, I have this, this, that, and this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, at least some people have negative connotations with labels. It's like, I don't want to be labeled like, oh, hey, I, I'm i someone with, like, I am I have ADHD versus mm-hmm. I'm a person or I'm a man or I'm a human being with ADHD. It's like we're focusing so much on our labels that we're not just a person. We're, we are artistic. We uh, are autistic. We uh, have ADHD. We are on the spectrum. We're, I, I guess what I'm saying is... Uh, how can we celebrate our differences, celebrate our labels while not making it so 
labely. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to think. You no, get what I'm saying? Or I 100 do because I actually was on a, a podcast, um, in New York, and it was like one of my first in person ones that was like with other folks on a panel, and that was the question: was do we focus too much on identities? And my response initially was yes, we do. Okay, I don't agree with that anymore. Um, I think that there's nothing well, wrong with. I think there's nothing wrong with focusing on identities as much as you want. Focus on as much as you want. Focus on changing the system as much as you want. Focus on developing that identity, whatever it is that you want and what you and how you want to serve your community. Just do it. The problem is, is that I think we put too much, fo- we put too much value in identities, mm-hmm. and that there is no value for my identities. Like, depends on the situation, but like if I'm in a room, okay. And I'm the only like queer person. Well, then, yes, there's definitely value in that. And it's not the identity alone. It's the experience I bring. It's who I am as a person, what I bring to the table as a queer person or a person who is queer, however you want to see it. I think that there's value in that. But if I but being queer is it's not inherently valuable. There's nothing valuable about being queer unless it's a certain situation you were in. If it's like you're the only perspective in in this room that's queer maybe that does have some value it's like i I do think differently a little bit from other people but again inherently no i think we put so much focus and so much of our livelihood and our identities that we focus so much on that more than anything else that like you know if i ever get to a point where people are writing headlines about me and they put oh uh first queer hispanic person like I don't want that. I will never. Exactly. Want that. I will. That will frustrate me, because I've done so much work that you do not dwindle me down to my identities. You learn about my identities in the article. You can mention my identities in the article because they're important. They're they're important. My identities are important though. Like I'm never gonna go and say they're unimportant because they're important. And every all of our identities, of course, make us up. Every experience we have makes us up. And that, you know, that's what intersectionality is. That's the idea that every experience we have, every identity we have, it makes the dynamic different. Um, and so that's why someone who may have similar background to me, if they're not queer and I am, we have very different experiences, even if we have very similar backgrounds. That's what intersectionality is, that mm. the dynamics are just different. Um, and so I just think that we need to stop focusing so much on putting so much value on labels and about celebrating your individuality but also recognize that those, you know, your individuality makes up who you are and those identities make that up too. And so it's about finding the balance of, you know, I love my identities, but it's not the only thing that makes me who I am. If that it, makes sense. It's very no, complicated. No, it, that, it, and man, facts like that. This is, this is a difficult conversation. I think the answer is, it's just also complicated. Like, like it's mm-hmm. not something you can just dial down because it's like a little bit of yes a little bit of no a little bit of column yeah. a a little bit yeah. of column b but i th- was just thinking i think it it's a little both but it's also right. the answer you said before i think it requires kindness mm-hmm. that i maybe want to know like yeah. i don't have to know completely but just for enough where it's like i can value you as a person i can Again, whether you are a gay Hispanic human being, though, I you're still just again. I can appreciate who you are, and if anything, again, yeah, because of those very same things I just mentioned, are also great and fun to celebrate. Because I don't have that experience. That's now it's like because I'm kind to you and I can appreciate you. It's like 
I appreciate because like, dude, you're not me. You have a different walk of life. Like, like I said, we can do two sa completely same things, completely different experiences. I mean, granted, of course, I don't want to, I don't want you to always have a bad one. If you are having a bad one, let's fix that. Cause that's not right. Right. But it's, I think that's the secret. You have to do a little both and yeah, absolutely just, that's why that I say like, there. We focus on as much as identities as you want. I don't think you should put too much value in them. They are valuable though, but I think we're putting too much value in them where it's the point where that's all we see people as, or you, you see headlines and that's all you see. The first thing you see is um, first blank blank. And I always say this, that if I ever become a famous writer, I don't want to be known as a queer Hispanic writer, mm -hmm. right? Because I don't want you to remember me for that. I don't want to be remembered as a queer writer. I want she. I want you to remember me as a powerful writer that that really made you feel something when you read this. Exactly. I just Come so happen to be queer. Ass. I just so happen to be queer, and you know that. But the writing is what impacted you more, not my queerness. Who cares about that? Really, I don't. I, I don't care about that. I don't. And I can say that. And like, I mean, like, I can say that where I am. I know some folks can't say that, and I'm very much mindful and cognizant of. Some people live in situations where they cannot be openly queer. They cannot talk about it. They can, they have to think about it because their life could be in jeopardy. So like, again, I recognize where I am. I recognize geographically where I live in California, where I don't necessarily have to worry about that. There are still some homophobic places here in California, mm. but I'm not really there. Um, and I feel, you know, physically and even like mentally safe, you know, as a, as a queer person in, you know, California. But again, I do, I do recognize that and i think that it, it, it all I feel down. pretty nice to be able to just enjoy that and be like cool i don't have to have that guard up that i'm gonna get a bag over my head or get beat up or lynched no right um but so i'm very grateful to you know be where i am even in dc it's really open and there's so many pride celebrations um but i wanted to go back to kind of what you said about um was it being kind or what specifically uh with the um Oh, I can't remember now. Oh, no. Yeah, that's that. Just being kind. And it's about because like what you said was you're not going to fully understand what someone else's experiences are. I think that's fine. I think that some people can't come to terms with that. Like, no, I got to fully understand what you go through. No, you don't because you're never going to. And that's fine. Like, why are you trying? And also, like, I always try and like uh, understand the other person. I'm, I'm always like very like understanding of them. And I'm like. You know, you don't have to ha you don't have to burden yourself with trying to understand the world's pain. You don't like it's, it's not, not your job. job. It's your job to like <laughs> be aware. I think it's your job to be aware and being understanding and being kind. It's not your job to take on the burden of others pain. That's not your job. Dude. Same same with same with me. Like you everyone has pain. It's not my burden to take on your pain. But I can be there for you. I can show up for you. But I cannot take up, I cannot take on it for you. Exactly. I mean, all, that's, those, that's... all those people you talk about, people pleasers and empaths, and we always look at them. We look, oh, that's kind of like the ideal. Like, I want to be an empath. I want to be a people pleaser. Like, I want to be and support other people. Well, what have we, what, what's the trend there? Like, people who are empaths, people who are people pleasers, it's not good. It's not helpful for them because they, and ultimately, they take on people's pain. They might be taken advantage of. And it's I think ultimately a lot dependency. of that's what yeah, that I think is. ultimately a lot of them also, I think don't really serve, serve themselves. And it's sad that like you forget you're a person in a way because you're a people pleaser. You're not pleasing yourself though. It's like, you've almost kind of way like 
like I don't know, mm. like dehumanize yourself where it's like, I'm going to people please, but I'm not going to people please myself. And it's like, well, you're a person too, right? Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're literally, it's how is the car supposed to run if you're not maintaining it? I think, how the hell does that make sense? Oh, I will put everybody, we're not going to put gas in it though. Everyone else will get taken care of, but not this guy. And then it just, you're left with the bag. You're left with the and bag. Again, it's empty. You got nothing. It's and just... again, if you want to support people in your life and you want to help others and you want to be generous, I think that's great. If you're not if you're not being generous to yourself, how can you be how can you really support them to the max? You know what I mean? It's like exactly. I mean, you can help people, right? I mean, you could you could neglect yourself and you cannot practice self-care uh, and you can still support others, but you could probably be How long are you going to last, dude? How long are you going to last and like you could support them even more if you're at, you know, a higher mental performance if you were giving yourself some support or some kindness, you know, towards yourself, you know? It's a uh, codependency is a uh, it's a there's a book I, th I think it's just called codependency or it's codependent no more but that's the whole thing it's just like when you become like i must solve other people's problems when i take mm -hmm. all these unnecessary burdens it, it it's funny some people don't even realize they're like i'm fine i don't have a mental illness i'm not going through this stuff i'm fine and then they realize oh wow i've mm -hmm. been conditioned that i have to again i gotta do these things and like realize that this anxiety of waking up every morning to have to do this thing for all these people, I don't have to do that. I'm it's a hard thing to wrap your head around if you, especially if you condition yourself to people please your whole life. It's a very hard thing to come out of. I I think it, it goes back to all. So it's okay. It's a little bit a, a little b, a little bit of kindness. I also think it's about that's like you said, self care. It's like, do you want the help? Mm -hmm. Is there a problem? Can you be strong enough to say? I am struggling or this is where I'm I'm weak. This is where I need help on. This is where I need a mentor. This is where I need something to open those doors for me. Mm -hmm. And people are afraid, I guess, of that. Maybe I think they're afraid of admitting they need help. They're afraid of just admitting that, oh my gosh, I'm not. Again, it seems so silly. Like I'm so afraid and too scared to say that I'm not scared or or to say I'm scared. It's just like. I don't know. People, man. Freaking people. It's a hard thing. And I can understand because I think it can be scary. And I think there's many reasons why. You know, even when I was struggling at some point, I didn't want to mention it. And it wasn't because I felt there was weakness, but also like I just didn't want to. I feel like I was burdening other people. And I felt like I don't want people to see me this way. I don't want, you know, like, yeah. Or like if you're going through a lot of pain. And that's why people, who, even who have cancer or something, they don't, they may not ever mention it to their family because. They don't want them to see them differently. They don't want them to to treat them differently. They don't want them to always walk on eggshells with them. It's like, I get it. Like, I can get it. But I, again, I wish people could do that one day and they could, you know, exactly. but I, I understand why some people don't. It's, there are many different reasons. Which, awesome. Glad you're validating them. But that that's the thing is there's that but. It's like, again, it requires both. You have to do a little this and a little that. You have to self-maintain. And even if that makes making hard decisions, granted, do that when you're ready or do that okay. when it's so awful. That's the only option is to change. Yeah. I just, I, <laughs> we were talking about your magazine. I know. <laughs> I mean, this is no, I think this is related. Cause I mean, like, I oh, feel yeah. like you've had, and again, I, I'm, I think what I'm trying is I'm trying to figure out where did this wisdom come from? Where did this like, you struggled, 
but I mean, you adapt it. There, there's literally this like path of adaption where, like, again, you're following your your curiosity, your desire to learn, to new do new things, to constantly stay active. Though it's benefit. I mean, I'd like to say it benefited you going to student council and doing all these things and going after this major. And I mean, I do want to know more about the magazine. Did you have a yeah, particular it... positive story that really touched you, or did yeah. was there a one thing you think about the magazine that really like gave you gave you something that helped you get to the next step yeah i think that you know like i said when we first started we were kind of writing blog posts and stuff and then eventually we went on some interviewing people one of the first interviews i did was with this woman named amy um amy white she's a medium and you know i Ooh, fun. i didn't know what that was i didn't even though i was around like different forms of spirituality growing up. I never, we never had a singular religion. Okay. Which I think was a bad and good thing. And I can explain if you have more questions on that, but. Oh, we, we can go down that path, but keep going. Yeah. Um, what I will say is she's a medium and I actually didn't know what that meant. I, when, even when I, <laughs> even when like, cause it was pitched by a PR firm, they pitched her to me. Okay. They said, she's a medium. And I was like, what she like writes blogs on medium like <laughs> i was exactly. so like clueless i was like what is this? i don't know what a medium is like you mean like a blogger okay i'm a large what so so are we just saying sizes now like uh, i'm a small i'm an xl 2x like yeah i really okay. had no idea what what is <laughs> and then i looked it up like medium I was like okay what's a medium and so it said a person that you know communicates with people that pass on and i was like oh whoa Dead. that's interesting like because I do believe in the afterlife and I know people uh, exist with that kind of power, but I, I didn't know it was called that. And so I thought that was interesting. And so I did the interview with her. It wasn't that, you know, it wasn't necessarily just talking about mediumship and what she does. It was just the energies were there. The energies were really like, you could just feel that there was something about it though. Like it. And we were, we were on zoom we were on zoom and I'm like, mm. that's when, you know, a connection can be powerful when you feel that energy through the technology because technology is already going to muffle things enough. Um, but her and I just like, I was just in awe with everything she was saying. And like, literally after the interview, I remember like just holding my head, like holding my head down, like on the table, like shaking. Cause I was like, that was weird. Not in a bad way. It was so weird in a good way where it was like, there was something so interesting about it. Kind of like, it was like we knew each other. It was very strange. And, you know, I've had experiences like that with some folks I've met, but nothing like that for just, an, again, with like the magazine. And through technology, doing... dude. Like, And that was like one of my first interviews. One of my first interviews too, that was like probably the fourth or fifth interview I did. I remember it was like the August of 2020. And it was such a good experience. That the heart of COVID, baby, that was when it was heating up too, man. That's That's know, awesome, dude. dude. Yeah, no, during the heart of COVID, yeah. Um I've had um I've had interviews like that uh on this cast and it is I I I understand the feeling because yeah. it 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 feels you and it's not supposed to. It's not the real flesh and blood like you can heal or feel my presence thing. It's like that like or you just met them for the first time and you felt like you've known them for years. It's yeah. it, it's an excellent feeling. I uh... Yeah, we and we haven't like stay connected and i think that's okay i think some people like you know there are many interviews i've done where i was like we connected so well like i want to be friends in real life but you know what it just didn't work out and that's fine because like we still have that good relationship where it was like we did this amazing interview we had this great experience and that's it and sometimes that's that's it sometimes you you meet someone for the first time and you have such a great experience 
And sometimes that's all you needed. You know, maybe it doesn't have to blossom into a friendship. If it does, I think, hey, that's amazing. But I think sometimes it's like, you know, some experiences are one off. And I think that that's fine. That's a hard lesson for me to heard. And so, you know, I did like I, I did a follow up interview with her, like, like, I think a year or two ago. And it was, again, mm -hmm. just <laughs> just amazing to do another interview and just hear this was more about her mediumship and just learning more about it. I have never okay. done a session but i might I, I told her a long time ago i might but i still haven't done it yet but we'll see i mean you're talking i'm very about open now. to everything if anything this might be the little opportunity you just text her like hey how you doing i was just just thinking about you i had a little little ghost say hi to me or something you know just i might i might um yeah and i think that it's interesting when people like come into our minds and our brains and sometimes it's like we think of those people where we mention them and we're like huh maybe i really need to talk to them right now and sometimes it's even interesting where like they were thinking of you, but they didn't reach out, but you reached out and you're like, well, we were both thinking of each other. Isn't that just really odd? <laughs> I, I love that, man. It's like, it's, and funny you even mentioned that because especially doing this cast, there are a lot of times I'll really connect with somebody and like, again, be like, oh, can't wait to do it again. Maybe we'll text. Maybe we'll be best friends. Maybe he's coming over to Thanksgiving and it's, I'll never talk to him again. And it's, it's something I'm still learning, but it, <sighs> It's hard think, though. It's hard because you want it to continue, but it's like you kind of have to come to terms with, you know, maybe the interview was the connection that was it. Yeah. No. Yes. And at least you had that. That's, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Sometimes things like that happen. Sometimes they don't. At least you had that. And I mean, I think that's also why um I've been really like kind of obsessed or like I, I don't think that's the word, but I've been really felt driven to tell people what I like about them or mm -hmm. tell them. Here's a great memory I had about you, because I would hate to say that at their funeral when I wanted them to hear it in person. Like, hey, did you know how much that time when we were at the creek and we were just talking crap and we were listening to like My Chemical Romance again, whatever, just whatever fringe thought is, I I, I want to tell people more that because I want them to be like, hey, because I I often I do think about that. I'm like, hey, do I do I have an impact? Do I have do I have those memories or those thoughts where I come up to people's minds and like I remember Tristan, he's, he's crazy man. I'm, you know it's to answer the question. I I do people tell me, but it it always feels good about it. like yay. Oh no, of course it feels good, <laughs> and it feels really validating in what you're doing. That you know I want to keep doing this because it is making an impact. And you know if if it didn't, you question if you want to keep doing it. Um, you know, and I Damn think that's insane. okay to. I think that's okay to question, you know, because I know some people go, do it because you enjoy it. Well, it's like, I enjoy it, but like, I also do want to have an impact though. Like, what can I do to make an impact? I think it's okay to question that. Um, and if you're not, if you don't feel like you're making an impact and the work isn't as fulfilling, it's okay to do something else or, you know, your your why is always changing. I think that some people forget that. I think some people go, this is my why, this is my purpose. I'm like, well, your purpose can change tomorrow. Like it can change really fast and sporadically. So yeah. I think when your purpose does change, I think, hey, ch go with it. Don't don't avoid it because your purpose is, is always changing. I think some people look at it and be like, this is my singular purpose in life. I'm like, well, that's nice. Not everyone <laughs> has that. And your singular purpose might change in 10 years. Exactly. And I hope when it happens, you embrace the change that's going to happen. Well, it made me realize that that's probably happened to you too, especially with, like, did you think the magazine was going to be like, this is my thing? This is what's no. going to, like, <laughs> really? Okay, my bad. I was like, all right. No, not at all. I mean, well, when I first started, I was like, okay, I'm getting this groove. I'm getting some really cool interviews here. Um, yeah. So, like, I was like, 
wanted to keep doing it, but no, I never thought I'd do anything like that before. And it was just so funny, like just an opportunity that came from like a school project homework. It came up from homework, dude. It's it was. like, <laughs> okay, now we know the magazine. Mm -hmm. How do we get to the White House, man? Because, yeah. bruh, like, that's, dude, I'm, I feel like I'm talking to royalty for a second. I will have to share. There's like another aspect to that because I will share that. It was um, in fall of 2018, I had a really hard time. I was, you know, having suicidal thoughts, I was engaging in self harm. I took the we semester off. We were talking off. about that, yeah. Yeah, in our previous conversation. And I took the semester off because, you know, I was definitely struggling the worst I ever had. And I already knew about mental health. I already experienced it. This was another This was another level. And so, you know, sometimes you think you're doing well and you think you're doing better, but just be cautious of what life can throw at you in the curveballs. Because I didn't, I didn't react to them well at all. Um, and you so I, if I asked like what those curveballs were, like what maybe happened. Oh gosh, I just feel like I, yeah, sorry. I have like, I had no purpose again, switching my major so much. Um, I was with someone that I questioned and that people were not really open to it and were against it because of our age difference. And so I, it was my first relationship and I was like, I feel stuck mm -hmm. again. Like I hate this process. I really hate it where it's like, I've done so much work to come out and be queer. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm with the first person, another issue like i cannot get away from it can't get a and break so, yeah it was so frustrating so like we had to we had to sneak around when we're still together like and we actually two weeks ago was like our five years so it, it worked out and but i understand though because he's way older than me and i understand why people were concerned i really do but did it help when you were dealing with it when you're in the trenches of it when it was just like bro no of course not i in hindsight, I see it. I do. I really do see why people had that perspective. But in the, and of course, in that present moment, it's like, I don't, I don't want that. And so I did what I had to do. Um, and, you know, I lied a lot because I had to lie to my people in my life. And I usually don't do that. Um, and so there was like a lot of distrust, but I just kind of had to do what I thought was best for me and end up working out. And eventually the people in my life did embrace him. So it all worked out. And I, I always just learned that, you know, you kind of just have to have patience in some of these moments, uh, especially when it comes to like coming out and being queer. It's like, I understand that you want to be accepted by your family, but I think you need to give them some time. Um, and I'm, that's the unfortunate thing. Okay. This is a different story. If you're, if you're being shunned or you're being kicked out, I'm not talking about that. I mean, cause that to me is unacceptable. I am only talking about if it's like, it's taking them a while to process. You don't necessarily feel super comfortable you can't really mention it. Maybe one day they'll come around. And unfortunately, sometimes they don't. And mm -hmm. if that's the case, I hope you find some folks that do embrace that side of you. And if you want to cut ties with your family, do what you have to do. But, you know, I, I've come to terms with like certain people in my family I can't be open to. I'm fine with that. I really am. I really don't care because <laughs> I can be out to the people I want to be. And they're giving me that validation and love that these people can't. They give you what you need. Doesn't mean that their love isn't. It doesn't mean that their their love isn't strong or powerful. It's just not this love. Like I like I was saying, like you have mentors for different reasons. You have different family members that give you different types of love, and it's okay mm -hmm. to have that. You know, like you know, obviously you have your friendship love, your family love, your romantic love. It's like all these different people give you different types of love, and that's okay. And it's okay to seek those different types of love if you're not getting what you kind of want. You know. Well, you you touched so many just great like answers and and things on here 
And I think, again, just going back, we're going to talk about the whole different types of love and accepting that, but the weathering through the storm, mm-hmm. I think that's a huge understatement of a lesson and something I struggle with. And I, again, if I just can be transparent and real, like, I'm sorry if I keep bringing up the age thing. I, um, no, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not jealous, but I'm like, I'm in awe, dude, of what you accomplished. Mm-hmm. And I often, I'm sad. I, I wish I could have. I'm I'm doing what I'm doing and I can't do that. I definitely can't go down that path of like, I wish I could have done more because it had to be this way. I had to weather my storm. Right. But it is such a, it is the most difficult lesson, but probably the most important to learn is that sometimes Sorry. it just sucks. And like you said, sometimes you have to cut people off. Sometimes you have to just make some drastic turns. Yeah. I also think maybe kind of like what you said, sound like i think it's maybe the idea of forgiveness though or more just like forgiving being angry forgiving holding on those feelings of like man or whatever or just being like i'm moving on from this because eventually maybe those people can come around and it's not necessarily like you're like is that like kind of what what happens where you just you just accept like well my parents are at least that those people that don't accept who i really am won't and that's okay like it's is that really what you had to? I yeah, I think that yeah, I think that you eventually no. I hope you can accept that because it's kind of just the reality. Um, and so I hope you can come to terms with it. But if you can't, I hope you find some peace in your life because it's again, it's hard to hold on to that. But I get it though, because like you know, for some like they want to be accepted, they want to be validated by their family, and. I think it's such a hard thing when you can't have that. Um, and and I, I know how it feels, of course. I think a lot of, I think a lot of queer people know how that feels. Mm. Um, and so that's why I'm really grateful that it did work out. But I will say, yeah, if if you want, if you want to forgive, that's up to you. I believe in the power of forgiveness, but for the exact reasons that you mentioned, that it's not really because I think a lot of people have a hard time with the notion of forgiveness because that they think that forgiving someone absolves them it does not absolve them it would never absolve them that will never ever happen and don't let it happen mm-hmm. um and so like you know i mean gosh I, I want like i know people that are just have the weirdest most hurtful things to say about people who forgive like where someone said this person committed a terrible crime on me but i do forgive them and like i know people that react and say they're just dumb like why would they ever i'm like so you're a, you're you're actually sitting here upset that they can move forward in their life. You're upset that they can move forward in their life and not have to hold on to such anger and resentment for someone that they can move forward and live their life. Why does that upset you so much? Like, I, I don't understand that. Like, if you want to be angry about what that person did to them, you can, but like they forgave them. Does that mean that they're absolved? Of course not. That person's going to jail, you know? And that's, that's right. That's exactly what should happen. But I think forgiveness is about it happened. You can't do anything about it. Don't blame yourself. And I'm letting go. I think a lot of people blame themselves. And it's all about, you know, like kind of like pull it, like, like uh, feel the anger and then forgive it and then kind of just let it go with like the wind. Exactly. That's how let I kind of feel. It's not, that's, that's such a simple process. That feels like such a simple process, but it's not. That can take like kind of is. Seasons. I mean, the process is simple, the time frame. The time frame definitely. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And of course, it's a lot of stuff you have to work through, especially like, and I, 
Again, I am never going to tell anyone if they should or they they should or should not forgive someone. That is totally up to them, especially when we talk about how different circumstances people have are like, you know, like I've seen videos and documentaries about, you know, families that have been murdered or like someone's daughter was taken from them. And I'm like, yeah, if you don't have it in you to forgive that person, you know, what? power to you then, because maybe they don't deserve it. And that's not for me to decide. That's for you because they're the ones that took your daughter away or your son or whatever happened. So if you want to forgive them, um, that's up to you. And I don't think it's like, again, no clear answer of you should or you shouldn't. I just hope, you know, throughout the whole thing, you can find some peace somehow, which I think is a very hard thing when you've lost someone like that, like your daughter or your son. I was or any just terrible crime. I mean, God, you can be like molested or like, I mean, get the shit kicked out of you. Yeah, it's you were saying you're watching a video. I was watching like a video of like this woman that like confronted her daughter's killer. And she's like screaming at the top of her lungs. And I was like, I can't watch this because I watched I watched it several times. I was like, why am I, why am I watching this? And so like, why I keep watching this? And like, I, I think I was like. I think I liked it. I think I liked the video because I loved. Not not that I loved how angry she was, but I love that she did not hold back. She was yeah. there. To, she was there to scream at the person and, you know, just let out her anger and her emotions. And I was like, I like that. Not that, of course, I liked that she was angry. But again, that I liked that she had the freedom to, like, express herself and like nobody held her back and nobody she guilted her, made her feel bad for being that angry or that sad. And I'm like, yeah, I can never freaking imagine. I'm no parent. And if I were, I can't ever imagine something like that, you know, so I think you let people how they should let people feel how they want to. Again, my rule is always as long as they don't hurt someone else or hurt themselves. You know, like if I that's my thing. Like, you know, if you're if you're so sad that you're like starting to if self-harm, then no, I think that that is not good at all. And that is one thing I will come and say, I think you need help. Or if you know you start abusing someone else or you start being horrible to other people, I think that's when you're like, okay, that needs to stop. I understand you're in pain, but that's not okay. Don't be putting that pain on other people. Don't be again. Right. Like, it's just, it. Well, I think this is a good segue into, like, so, I mean, it's amazing you were able to get out of that darkness and mm -hmm. kick ass in school and then eventually graduate, though. You're doing the magazine. You kind of had all this amazing stuff. You were mm -hmm. conquering it. How did we get to the White House? Yeah, so in the fall of 2018, when I went through what I went through, after that happened, I came back and I became a, a really strong mental health advocate. So I really wasn't necessarily an advocate. I just knew about it. I had the lived experience. I, I saw a psychologist growing up, but I was never really an advocate. And I think like when I experienced that, I really was confronted with the harsh reality. And then I kind of realized that this is a this was a hard experience and I felt alone, but it's actually very normal. And I want to get involved more, connect with other people that have experienced this, but also like I want to do my part and paint it forward. Okay. So that's why I became like a serious advocate. I joined so many organizations. I started many, I started organization at my university, stuff like that. Then it again, set me up to appreciating mental health and realizing that there's this gap in mental health storytelling, prompting me to start the magazine from that class. Then I became a stronger advocate because I interviewed so many folks and I gained something from every, every interview that in November of 2021 was, you know, when I discovered that there was this mental health youth action forum that was going to be at the White House. How did you find it again? I found it like on LinkedIn. So like okay. since I was I was a member of Active Minds, which is this mental health organization. And because this mental health forum 
collaborated with so many like mental health nonprofits, I was of course going to see it because I follow so many mental health organizations. I was going to see it. Like I was bound to. And so I saw it on LinkedIn and I was like, what the heck is this? I need to apply because this is like, I've never seen anything like this in my life. The signs are literally just like, you need to go. I mean, did you feel like you're like, I need to go to this or like, this is meant for me. Like, did that so I never thought this was like meant for me, but I was like, I need to do this. I need to do this so bad because this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. And so, no, I do not think it was meant for me because like I had trouble. I was like, should I apply? Should I not? Of course, the imposter syndrome kicks in. Mm. And you're like, nah, don't apply. Don't apply. Eventually, I was like, no, just hit the submit button. Just do it. And so I fill out the application. I submitted it. And then, you know, like a month later, no, in like January, I think. I found out, or February, I can't remember. I found out I was like a semifinalist and I found it in my spam folder, which I was like, please, people, please Dude, check your spam. Because like I could have easily missed it and I would have been really upset if I discovered it later. It probably would have changed your whole trajectory. You probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that event. No, 100% because, 100, oh my gosh, a thousand times percent. <laughs> and um, yeah, so semifinalist and then I submitted another application and a month later I found out that I was in. And I, of course, it was this whole ethereal. It didn't feel real. You know, um, when I got the email, I was like, no, there's no way. There's no way. It's just weird, though, because it's like a regular email. Um, But it had like, you know, the most bizarre news. And I was so excited to accept. And I, you know, I told my family and they were, you know, excited. They didn't really, I think they were in awe at first, too, (laughs) which is fine, because it's a little, it's, it's a huge deal. And so, yeah, it happened. And we you ever um I hate to interrupt. You ever see Willy Wonka good. in the chocolate factory? Oh yeah, it's like one of my favorites. <laughs> it's your golden ticket, dude. Like literally. That like, is. I feel like, oh my God. I feel like the way like reading that email would be like opening the golden ticket and just being like, oh my God, like shaking. <laughs> like I'm I'm going, dude. It, it's yes, exactly. And then even um I got a golden ticket. Yeah, and I know like the Charlie in the chocolate golden factory one, like they kind of like they kind of make him like a really like angel boy. I don't know if I like that because he's like, we need the money more than the chocolate. I'm like, okay, okay, Charlie, yeah. let's look at Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka, he was excited to go like the moment he got it. Like, I like the original so much better than the remake. Oh, it's it's so much funnier too. And it's like, it's like crazy dark watching it as an adult. I know we're going on a side tangent, but like in, I was rewatching <laughs> it again and there was like this, ter- like someone abducts this woman's husband. And they're like trying to like ransom off, and it's really oh high gosh, stakes. It's ultra know. serious. You don't see exactly. You don't see it though. And exactly. like, like, just like, just like, like, I want my husband. What do, what do they want? He's like, they want your last case of Wonka bars. And she's like, let me think about it. <laughs> I love I it. Like, I love it. <laughs> I do love it. I feel like you know Charlie and Chocolate Factory like tried to get that wow factor, like oh, like the melting dolls, and it's like, well. It's just weird to be weird, in my opinion. And I love Tim Burton as a director, but Same. like, I just wasn't my favorite. I just, it felt like it was just too out there. Uh, I appreciate it though; it's cool. But like, nothing compares to the original. And you know, I I love the soundtrack in the original. I love the songs. I know like a lot of people actually share that they hate the songs. They hate when Grandpa Joe sings and when the mom sings. I'm like, no, that's like the best parts for me. <laughs> Cheer up, sure. I I will say I think I that's the best. Song. I love that song so. I much. skipped it all the time. I was like, I don't give a fuck how much you love your kid, how much <laughs> you're just single momming it right now. But and we we'll get back to the White House after we talk about the Chocolate House. I can we talk about how Grandpa Joe went from like not able to walk to like, hey, I'm 
suddenly feel good again. I'm yeah. ready to dance and go to this factory. Like what? Like that's pretty funny. What an chocolate, I guess. What I love is like that. Really shows how like how amazing this the, this chocolate factory really is. Yeah, I would make it. Well, <laughs> like we don't really know how amazing it is. Like they had to build that world, and they kind of show it through things like that. Um, you know, so very exciting. But so that's actually one of my favorite movies growing up, and I love. I really do love watching it. And I also like that the original, like, it was so wholesome at the end, even though it was, like, kind of weird with... I always hated when he was yelled at... He When he yelled at Charlie, but I get with why. nothing good to, uh, Right? Exactly. It just was so... Even even Gene Wilder was said that he hated yelling at kids when he was in these roles. Oh, he said that's snap. one thing he hated about acting was when he would have to yell at kids. Because, <laughs> I, dude, he can bring the wrath of God. Like, I... I uh... <laughs> It, so, uh, funny enough, I had a health teacher shout out to Mr. O'Toole. I think he might have passed. If you're still alive, what's up, dude? He was a health teacher who also tra- taught driving ed, and he always would dress up as Willy Wonka because he looked like oh, the really? guy. And oh, cool. we, he'd always bring the candy bars for Halloween. He always show the movie. Oh. And it's just like when he yelled, he kind of yelled like Gene Wilder. Just, really? put, the fe- just wow. put the fear of God. If you are screwing around, you... You turned around real quick. Oh my gosh, wow. All right, Chocolate House. Done. Yeah. Chocolate. Go yeah, for the white Chocolate House. <laughs> and now that... um, So I got in, and then it was like a boot camp. So there was like 30 of us that were chosen across the country. We did like online boot camps about learning about mental health, learning about the White House, learning about MTV, because MTV hosted it. Wow, it was, okay. It was at the White House, but MTV was like the planner. Um. Yeah. And so, yeah, like we met tons of people from the White House, tons of people from MTV, tons of people from all the different mental health organizations that were partnered. And we just learned about what the forum was going to be because the forum had like different components. There was the one component, which was like, you pitch your ideas to media. So we were like, we were like split into groups and we kind of did like pitch. Interesting. This is a good idea. This is a good idea on how to incorporate storytelling in your platform. And so if it was like a podcast or if it was like a platform, like we pitched it to like Pinterest and Spotify and all these platforms. There were some big companies there that were like listening to us. And so that was part of it. That was like the, that was what we kind of geared for. And then there was like the White House part. So the White House part was first Monday, Tuesday was like practice. And we had like a Pinterest dinner on Tuesday. Wednesday was, you know, we actually went to the White House first in the morning. Mm. And that was surreal. And then we came back and did the, the pitching part which at that point it was like the high was there like the white house is the best part i mean there's nothing that can compare to that like bro and i'm like yeah. i'm here like th- this is supposed to be like the end point for people like all right i met the president <laughs> like you're you're forced gump at this point like you just you just it's haven't ran around the world yet right <laughs> hey that's that's coming up next year like it's yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah. you're like i'm not doing but, um, that. i'm not running <laughs> <laughs> but i was gonna say um it was uh, yeah it was such a great feeling of just walking through the white house and also just that it exists and it's real and that i think sometimes people they're like it must be this magical place eh, it's so cool though like it's historic you know there's billions and thousands of decisions and important decisions that have been made there and like the amount of people that have been in there it's just amazing but you remember it's like this is still a place it still exists yeah you know, like even when you're like near the president it's like the president's still a person. We forget because they they feel so big and they're so important. Um, but you forget that, you know, the world is 
you know, what it is for everyone else. And you forget that when you put things on such a pedestal sometimes, not that it brought me down or anything, but it was just kind of like, hey, I'm here, I'm at this level. It's probably um, in a perspective. You're just like, again, you're like, this yeah. is, it's, it's crazy, but it's also just like, oh my God, I'm in heaven. You're like, no, this is just a big old building. And this is just Kinda. a very old dude, which I will ask seeing him in person <laughs> did he look that old like like i don't want like we're not talking crap about him but like did he look pretty old when you saw him in person he you know i think he looked fine i'm sure he was wearing makeup and stuff um but you know he looked fine i think he looked pretty you know decent for how old he is um he looked good answer okay. that was that's a good answer that yeah i mean joe, joe biden if you're listening which, yeah, I mean, come on, man. But hey, he's like, he's like, I like that Zane guy. He, but I like what you had to say at the beginning about like, you know, who cares who the president is? Because like, ugh, man, like I feel like I got like some backlash from people that they're like, oh my gosh, <sighs> yes, I know, right? And I was <sighs> like, like get over it, diva. Come on, that is to me. That's yes, that's such a diva thing. And like, who cares? Like. And not even him. Like, even when, like, Trump was in president and I, like, was a student, I was like, I want to apply for the White House internship. Like, I would love to intern at the White House. Like, come on now. People are like, you better not. Like, why would you do that? Trump's in office. So I'm like, why do I care? Like, I don't care. This is about me. I yeah. want to be in the freaking White House. I, I want to do this. I don't care. Who... my education, yeah. my career. Why are you trying to clip my wings? Like, come on. Stop it. Right. And it's just like, why are you? Like, it's really frustrating that's kind of frustrating and then but like i did get some backlash that oh it's biden and it wasn't like people that were conservative it was like you know some people were like really liberal that just didn't like him because he's too moderate or he's not liberal enough whatever <laughs> but that was not i didn't get a lot i'm glad that like i i got very few backlash it was like a lot of people were like that's amazing i don't care who the president is you actually met him and like was like five feet away from him. Yeah, again, I'm not going to take your thunder. I'm not going to buy Well, I hate Joe Biden. And that picture's stupid. I'm like, that's a great accomplishment and holy crap. Like, because again, it's like that school thing. It's like, and then we met the president. It's like, that doesn't just happen to a lot of people. Like some people- No, and you can, I think you, you may have, you may like have that random chance that you stumble upon the president. Maybe you see him, but to be exclusively invited to the White House- not to meet him, because I will share that he wasn't on the press release. That I don't think he was supposed to be there, but I think he made an effort to be there. Okay, and, and that's man, cool. that's cool. That, that, exactly. That's like, hey, take look, look out for the little guys. Look out for the mental health dudes. That's okay. I, yeah, and this was like again the first ever youth mental health forum where like it's coming from the White House. They're addressing youth mental health from every angle. Not something they, not something that we've seen before. So it was great it was such a great experience and again i know you have a question like meeting selena gomez was great i'm really happy they chose someone oh yeah I did i mention he met selena gomez like i mean i'm not even that much of a selena gomez fan like besides that i like her cooking videos now and she like looking i'm married but she look cute like mm -hmm. good job selena keep keep doing you <laughs> uh but yeah man how like i mean okay we have two ways to go about we can talk about if this event this thing kind of helped open the doors for other things or we can talk about identity politics which is always fun to talk about oh um we could even talk about both but what would you prefer we can talk about both. let's definitely start with what the doors has opened well i will share first the reason why we mentioned selena gomez was she's basically the keynote she was like the celebrity guest the keynote that's basically what her role was 
Um, I got to meet her briefly. I didn't get to have like a conversation with her, unfortunately. But I met with her briefly. It was nice to see that her and I are basically the same height. <laughs> yeah. No, she was she was wearing heels. No, she's probably like an inch shorter than me. Hey. It was interesting to see like, oh, it's just weird to see you that like I have seen Wizards of Waverly Place. I've seen you on TV as a kid. Exactly. I was a kid. And I think her and I are like very similar ages because I think, yeah. And so she's got to uh, be in her 30s, I think. Maybe. No, I think. No, let's, you're right. She might be. Go, let's, or let's 28, Google 29 it. or 30. So when, I don't think we're the same age. <laughs> but um. But she just seemed like really down to earth, really sweet. Her mom was in attendance. And I I, I could sense that Selena Gomez was nervous because I feel like, you know, I think you you get opportunities as an actor or as an actress. Like you get opportunities to go places, but I don't know how many can they can say has like gone to the White House to give a speech about mental health and their experience. Exactly. I think that she, you know, again, I sense she was nervous, which, <laughs> duh. Like if you're not nervous, then... I don't know, like, how can you not be nervous and something like that? <laughs> like, if I, <laughs> so I just loved hearing her talk. And, you know, she just seemed like a really down to earth, nice person. And I also love that she'll like be inactive on social media because like she gets all this hate. And I'm like, be inactive on social media. Like, I love that she doesn't pressure herself to stay on social media because she gets hate for her body. And at this point, it's trolls because like, she looks great. And it's like, uh, that's why I'm not trying to be gross about it. Like, bruh, like, yeah, she gained some weight, but bruh, homie, low key thick. I mean, yeah, but just, she, bruh, she looks great. Like, I don't understand the hate, man. Like, let, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, because yeah. I'm bigger. Nothing wrong with thick. Nothing wrong with curved at all. Some people like that. I, yeah. Oh, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people do. <laughs> bruh, like, thick with like five C's on the end, dude. Like, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my wife. I love you, baby. She thick too, and <laughs> all the right places. I love you, honey. But she's gonna be mad when she listens. To no, probably not. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was well. After it though. So I've done like just a lot more work now, and like applying for stuff, and like applying for ambassadorships, uh, youth boards. I've been on several youth boards since the the forum, and I pitched myself to several different podcasts because that you know after the forum, I was like, you know, I I have something to to share you know and I, I want to share it more so I just kind of advocated for myself to get on different podcasts and I've spoken on oh I don't know I think I've spoken on at least 80 at this point what was um, um the thing you wanted to share was it just kind of like your growth in mental health or like your journey through advocating oh god yeah I, I, just, I learned because of advocating I learned so much about what other people do and what their coping mechanisms are and how mental health shows up in their life because again we talk about the experience my experience is going to be very different from someone that has a different type of mental health condition. Right. And so, you know, I'm always being challenged to learn as much as I can about mental health. And there's so many ways to address mental health if it's politically or policy, or if it's just through speaking or podcasting or writing a brief, whatever it is, like there's so many ways to address it. And so it's opened up so many doors for sure. Do you remember what you shared though? Like, did you share your personal story or just the so fact the that like the importance of sharing a story period? At the forum itself, I mean, like, they asked six of us to speak, and I wasn't one of them, <laughs> but Bitches. that was my goal. My goal is, like, I want to be on the news. Okay, I did it. Th you that did. was on the news. But then, again, putting myself out there more, I was able to speak on local news. But what was cool about that was that that was a campaign when I was – where I spoke on TV. That campaign was aired on over, like, 100 local stations. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. I mean, it felt like national TV because like it was shared on so many local stations. That was the first time I was ever, you know, I ever spoke on TV. And so I fulfilled that goal as well. So again, so many, 
doors have opened just through confidence, understanding, and just. More and if you could just see him in a suit, he looks adorable. Like he, yeah, you saw that. <laughs> if, oh, I'm 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 stalking the uh, the Insta. I'm uh, probably sure. Yeah, I uh, which we'll, we'll we'll plug your man, dude. I will say you grow a beard very well. Like you got that college professor beard. Like that. <laughs> damn. Okay. That, right, that, that's the, the beard in the interview was that full beard i don't have that anymore i do not have the full beard i just i just i shave my neck i now. like this you look young here you looked like again a little college Older. professor it was adorable i love it oh my god that's i never <laughs> that's funny <laughs> but um i did yeah i think also like we didn't really get to talk about it but i've lost a lot of weight and i feel like when I had like a big chin and a double chin, like I would cover it. And so I grew mm. out my beard because it could cover it. Um, and the moment I lost a lot of weight and I noticed my face was thin, I was like, I'm going to shave it off. And there was no, no double. And I was like, I'm going to keep it that way. I, yeah. I, there's no need to use hair or clothes to hide my body anymore. You know what I mean? That, man. And that, that goes right to it though. Except and change. Things are not, you know, things change. Things are always constant though. Sometimes your happiness changes your goals. The way you want to look changes though. And it's Absolutely. just, it's all good. It's all here. That's, that's excellent. Well, you know, I was mentioning Instagram. Mm -hmm. I, and, and I feel like we're, we're getting at least to the end of your story, which man, I got to say, seriously, thank you so much for just sharing your, like your journey. And I, I'm serious. I, you know, you have to know. If you don't know, we'll stop being that humble. You know, you're just being ignorant. You're going <laughs> to. You're gonna go far. You you are very, very, very well spoken, and you have a caring heart. And I pray that like that can go somewhere where good change can happen, and that no one tries to use that or weaponize it. Cause it it like dude, it's you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be killing. It. And I again, I thank you for letting me just even be a part of that and ask you questions and just see you on that journey. Oh okay. yeah. Well, again, well, thank you so much for having me on and I think now I remember like even just I was talking to my partner about things that I used to tolerate and just terrible things that people have done I like that I have the confidence now to like you know take care of myself and it's not worth it um it's not worth you know having to experience that just to have a friend um or whatever it is like so you're not yeah, here for that's a, what I would uh, say good time not a long time that's that's why yeah. man got no time for that and now it's kind of like I recognize what I want, what I need. And again, I'm not going to do anything to hurt anyone else. But again, if, if someone crosses me or if they, you know, treat me terribly, I have at this point, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I either, I won't acknowledge them or I, I'm not afraid to, to call them out anymore. Um, mostly and like to remind people that, you know, you can say whatever you want. I'm not stupid. I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I'm not going to like tolerate that. That took a long time though. Cause I used to be very timid. And again, the people pleasing thing, I always wanted to people please. And honestly, to be honest, I don't mm -hmm. think being a people pleaser really helps anyone. It doesn't. Except it... for the person, but like they, but again, if you're like such like a dependent people pleaser, they just want more and more and more. And you're never really going to satisfy them. Are you? And they're never going to grow. They're never going to change. You, you're thinking you're helping them. Like, oh, hey, I see you give them this and that. And they won't. They'll get comfortable and stagnant. And you'll resent them for it. And it's technically your fault for doing it. Because you're the one who just... Yeah, you kind of... You somewhat enable how they are. I'm not saying it's completely your fault at all. But you don't want to 
keep yourself in that like situation or that relationship then because you kind of are enabling it in a way just gotta take a look you know uh, responsibility accountability i mean granted you don't don't crucify yourself it's not all your problem but at least take ownership for the parts that are yours yeah now you know what that looks like and what you can avoid in the future right there you go like lesson learned well i to wrap this around i was gonna say if any of the people wanted to contact you Mm -hmm. see maybe the news articles or at least like see you on the news like your little interview which it's like not even your little your interview on the news how can they see this or how can they like contact you i mean you have my name you can find me on instagram and linkedin it's my name and so i I try to make myself as accessible as possible for people to find me and so i'm willing to talk about anything and it's like the first post on instagram because i i pinned it it's like you know one of my proudest accomplishments um but yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna heart emoji, reach I'm gonna out heart to emoji me. it right now <laughs> you get that get that clout yeah but you can always reach Maybe. out you can always reach out about uh, whatever you want communications marketing finding a job mental health advocacy weight loss fitness whatever you want can we reach out to you about the barbie movie Oh no! If you want to share, if you you want to share your thoughts, you can. I I, I didn't see it. Have you not seen it? I I, see do you have intention to see it? No. <laughs> do it will change your mind. It is a fantastic movie. After everything oh, we it? talked about, holy shit! It oh, it great. was not meant for me, but they made it for me. It was great. I and okay, that makes it sound like it's no no. It's it's just it's. It, it's a surpriser, man. It you like you. It comes out swinging the other way, and you're like, I, I'm really surprised about this. Okay, let's see what's happening. Yeah. It's hilarious. Okay. I mean, okay. just I was gonna say Oppenheimer, Barbie. That was a question on there, but uh, I saw that and I was like, I haven't seen either. <laughs> man, you're, dude. You got it. Next, uh, is that uh, don't you guys have like? Uh, sorry, I dropped something. It's okay. <laughs> Do you have a uh, cheap movie nights on Tuesdays, like out in Cali, or at least where you're at? No, but I don't you know. Should, you should check. I I will sure, say I will. from what I know, most Tuesday nights, though it's like the five seven dollar movie night ticket. Okay. I don't want to pressure you. You decide if you want to go. <laughs> I would just say like you take your take your take the hubby, take the the boo, buy some tickets, get some popcorn. I I will be very confused and I'll be disappointed if you didn't like it. But I also will be like, hey, I appreciate you doing it. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you're gonna watch it. Might message me back and say, "Okay, that was pretty good." Okay, it was actually really, <laughs> that was, that was really funny. I like that a lot. That's interesting. Okay, cool. Well, I don't know why the hell I brought that up. Uh, <laughs> dang it! It's it, it, the Barbie movie has been consuming my life. I hate it. I I just all everything's turning pink now. It's like it's a it's a virus. It's 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 that's funny. It's, I can't <laughs> I can't get away from it. I regardless, if you want to get a hold of him on the Instagram. And bother him about that or also tell him you should see the barbie movie it's zane landon just z-a-n-e-l-a-n-d-i-n mm-hmm. zane landon it's uh i mean okay so we got to see your journey from childhood to the white house mm-hmm. so how did you end up landing like nat, nat geo like the, did that event get you in contact with some people to help you get contact with other people no not at all so the forum didn't necessarily help me find a job, mostly helped me with the Nat Geo job, which is having mentors that gave me the confidence to interview well, uh, review my resumes for me. But luckily, I did enough work where my work spoke for itself, where I was able to get to an interview stage. And then I just 
kept moving forward with interviews. And because I, because of the magazine, I've already done so many interviews. I already know what kind of critical questions to ask. And again, the mentors I had helped me prepare for those interviews. So again, but I, but no, but the forum gave me such a strong network. I had people reach out about it, not like how to apply because I don't know if they're going to do it again because they didn't do it this year. Right. But unfortunately, but you know, uh, I, have, right. I do have people reaching out every now and then that, you know, I saw you went to this or I saw you have research on this. And I'm like, oh, that's just interesting that you find my stuff. And so, um, yeah, it opened up many doors, but not with the job. They gave me confidence, though, and I spoke on like the forum during my interview. So, you know, every little bit helps. <laughs> and it's just again, it's just so exciting because, I mean, it's like I might I'd most definitely maybe after the episode, let's like talk about mentor stuff. But uh, yeah, it, I was just thinking if if I can get you, I think you're going to be so damn famous or doing like, again, next level shit that I'm gonna be like, hey, man, you want to come back for a part two episode to kind of see where you are but i think again you're gonna be trailblazing so dang high man like you're gonna be that not just that latin queer writer but the better writer that happens to be latin queer it's I know. Like, yeah i'm not gonna be able to contact you but uh no, no 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 see that's the thing if that really ever happens i know exactly how i got there and that's through every platform i've spoken on every person i've been come in contact with so no, I will always come back. <laughs> and and you know, I and the best part is I think everyone listening can see that too. It's like, of course he got there. We heard we heard his story, his extraordinary story. And I I hope again we, we talked about a lot of things, a lot of hard topics, and mm -hmm. I think again taking that answer that sometimes it's both. And I think that may be a, a maybe a more healthier dose to kind of move forward. It's like, hey, it's this, but also this. This mm -hmm. is wrong, but I need to do something about it. Just I, that's what I really hope people get from this episode is that they question more, but ask the right questions. And if they don't know those right questions, maybe reach out to the people who might know, or look for them, or talk to somebody who might know that, yeah. and be about it. Oh, oh, I'm getting preachy. Whatever. I just want to no. talk about Barbie again. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I uh, there. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna spoil nothing. It's it's uh, I might spoil a little bit, but I'll I'll do it off the cast. I don't want anyone else to hear it. <laughs> I uh, I mean, you know, I don't know if you know, but um, it's it looks like it's closing time. They they turn off the bar lights. The shops telling us the last call. I mean, would there be anything you'd like to kind of end on? Tell the audience about something though, or something that maybe. I think I asked you if you can give any advice to your younger self, or if you could tell your younger self something as far as like where they were going to be compared to where they thought they were. I mean, mm. uh, you got anything? A couple of things. I think like, <laughs> let time do its thing that things take time. Don't rush into things. Think about things. Appreciate what you have. Spend as much time with mom as possible. <laughs> oh, and I will never explain that. Why. And I, I, I won't, I won't, of course, tell my younger self why, but no. So even I, I could just briefly mention my mom passed in 2021. But when I say that, there's never been a point where I don't think I didn't appreciate my mom. But like now that my mom has passed, it's like oh, I wanted so much more. Um, and there are things I wanted to do. Like I cook now. I started cooking in February. My mom was always the cook. And it's like I, she always talked about how she wanted someone to cook for her. And it's like I didn't know how. And now I do. Um, so like there's 
so many things and just like losing weight, going to the White House, entering at NASA, you know, just so many things I've done that I know oh. that she would be really excited to hear about. So she's just knowing her and how much she was fascinated about the Revolutionary War and all that stuff. But, you know, that that to me, that's all that stuff is going to be a long conversation when I move on. And I, I know it will happen. I just do. I will. I know that not everyone else believes in the afterlife, but I do. And that's what matters. <laughs> I, uh, and, and I do think spirituality is important. I think people need to get touched with that because I think there is something we can't necessarily explain. And yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of faith. So it's true. like, it's that belief in not knowing. But I, I, I say that just because uh, I'll be praying. And I, I know just, dude, man, your mom is like, got the biggest like just grin on her face when <laughs> she's like dude that's my kid my kid did all those things like uh, dude if i was your parent i'd be the most j just jazzed for you oh thank and, you and i don't know maybe next mother's day make her a meal make her a meal and be like here you go mom this is for you that is so sweet I, right about doing that when mother's day happened recently <laughs> well hey i do i just that's for free that's for you there you go yeah, like, i get lots of <laughs> gifts it's uh man that was and dude you just like dropped so many bits like that's right you did intern for nasa i saw nasa on there i'm like bro like you remember that? <laughs> we didn't talk about that but uh i know there's so much we could talk about sorry <laughs> no 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 please it i again i i have this thing where i tell people like i thank them a gajillion times but seriously thank you for letting me experience you and me asking yeah. hard questions and like getting to know a complete stranger and feeling like I've known them for a hot minute. So thank you. Yeah, no, and always reach out, you know, hey, if you yeah. stay, stay connected, whatever. Yeah, please. Uh, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm mad pushy. I'm, I'm going to freaking make you check out the Barbie movie, man. I'm going to at least like keep dropping <laughs> gifts, man. I'm like, look how hot Ryan Gosling is, man. Do something about <laughs> it. Come on. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, guys, I've been Barbie. This has been Oppenheimer, otherwise known as Zane Landon. And this has been another ordinary person with an extraordinary story. Go watch the Barbie movie. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Ordinary People, Extraordinary Stories. If you're interested in helping the channel, feel free to click on the link below to get access to our Patreon, where we have exclusive episodes and clips not shown to the public. And of course, if you believe you yourself have an interesting story to tell, or know somebody who would be great for the show, feel free to email me back at opspodcast at gmail.com. That's OPS, that's the acronym for the show, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Stories, O-P-E-S, podcast at gmail.com. Thank you everybody, and until next time.